We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This rookie class has the potential to be one of the best, if not the best, draft class in Beaches Air. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Kingdom to one-on-one, a KC Sports Network podcast, bringing you all things Chiefs Kingdom from a player's perspective. I am here with my brother, nine-year NFL veteran, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Jeff Allen. And we are going to bring, we got so much stuff on the docket today, Jeff. I mean, we were talking beforehand, this, this episode would go two hours if we, if we, don't, yeah. we don't stay on the schedule. So there's so much day. going on. Fun time of year. Jeff, before we get into it, Cookie Society, man. Uh, what, we got any, uh, like, back-to-school type stuff coming yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. So, so locally what we're doing is um, we're, we're doing something for the teachers, the educators, those uh, people that, that, that take, care of the, take care of the kids and, um, you know, make a brighter future for us all. Um, so right. we're giving every teacher a free cookie here locally that comes to Cookie, to cookie Society locations. We're trying to figure something out online that we can do to make sense for for all parties. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just having fun and, and showing appreciation to those teachers. Uh, that's, that's incredible, Jeff. And I know I've spoken about this before, but we homeschool over here and I know how difficult it is to yeah. have two kids on my own with all the resources in the world. Uh, some of these teachers, you know, 20, 30 kids in the classroom, they're on their own. They got a million different things going on. Obviously COVID just come out of COVID. I don't know how they've been doing it. Yeah, so, it, it's tough, and I, and I know we can talk about this all day, so, but thank you to every teacher, amen. You know, every single teacher. Um, you guys are truly appreciated, um, underappreciated in the sense of the whole. Exactly. And, and how we treat you guys financially, I think y'all should be paid a lot more, and um, that's something I'm a huge advocate on is education, right. but also compensating teachers the way they should be compensated. Right. 
I mean, we look at the way the world is nowadays and, and it's like, yeah. we would be nothing without teachers. Exactly. Um, uh, there would be no doctors. There'd be no lawyers. There would be no police officers. There would be nothing. If there wasn't anybody to, you know, teach us along the way. So thank you guys for molding us. Amen. Amen. So great. Cookie Society, check it out. We'll be pushing that out on social media and everything. CookieSociety.com. Check them out. We're linemen. We know our cookies. Go go get the, some good stuff. Get the merch, too. The merch is um, unbelievable. Yes, sir. Big Jeff, we got the Charlie Hustle. Speaking of merch, we got the Charlie Hustle merch on today. Look at and this stuff. The kingdom. I mean, listen, Man. listen. I thought, you know, we had some comfortable T-shirts at Cookie Society. Ooh, Man, it's a good listen, competition. Listen, this is a good competition. I may good. have to reach out to Charlie Hustle about doing some merch for us. Man, they have to. We, they really, yeah. I mean, this is an incredible this shirt. Incredible. And I, I love, I can't stand when you order a t-shirt online and it comes in and it's boxy and it shrinks in the wash. Yeah. And this kind of stuff this is great material. Good price. Check them out as well. Big Jeff, let's get into it, brother. So much to talk about. Thank you, Eric Hicks, for coming on last week, Chiefs legend. And uh, this week, we're going into preseason week one, and you and I can talk about stories about what that's like. But some of the stuff we didn't get to last week that I wanted to touch on, I was hoping to get your thoughts. Um, this rookie group that the Kansas City Chiefs have seen this year, I mean, fill me in because you, you said some strong things before we yeah. got going. I want to get you to tell me about the rookies this year. So I, I have some strong opinions on this. Obviously, it's just been a couple of weeks of camp, and we haven't right. seen any preseason games, but this rookie class has the potential to be one of the best, if not the best, draft class in Beach's era. He's had some good draft class, but this one um, in particular, it fills some holes to, to complete this team, but I think he also has some bona fide ballers, some blue chip type guys mm. that he got good value in later in the first round. I think Karloskis is going to be a hell of a player. Um, I know McDuffie's going to be a hell of a player. I see what he's doing right now on camp when he's lining up against um, you know, McColl, the clip that you saw this week, right, right. it was it was teach tape. Um, right. um, at the line of scrimmage, he won. Um, he stayed attached to him any turn and found the ball. Um, another clip from McColl in the red zone, same type of teach tape. Right. Um, didn't bite on the inside move, played the fade really well. Um, and this is McColl, McColl, and McCall, Mahomes. This, yeah, this is right. McColl. This this, this isn't, isn't just, some group that doesn't know who hasn't worked together. I mean, this is these, a, these are guys that've been together. These are veteran guys that that have chemistry, that have done it for a couple of years together, a few years together. So to see him go out there and compete, and not only compete and hold his own, but dominate and win at times, it's been really it's been really encouraging to see. And he's been doing really really well against MSV, um, MVS. I'm sorry, I got MVS. MVS. Yeah, yeah, no, MVS. He's been doing really well against him early in camp. He had some struggles just from size matchups, um, but he's figured things out, and that's what you want to see. You want to see guys. Um, Phil, you want to see him fail, but more importantly, you want to see how they come back from that failure. And he's done an excellent job all the camp. Um, and would you would you agree, Jeff, that outside of the quarterback position, probably the most difficult position to transition from college to the NFL is cornerback? Yeah, I mean the quarterback position number one, but then cornerback position is incredibly difficult. It's and very I, I'm sorry. No, I, I, before I, before you go, I did I did want to say what what I think is before we get into more about what the rookies are doing and, and your analysis is spot on. Um, I think it's important to mention the lack of reps that these rookies have had. I mean, we've already talked about the truncated off season. That's like when I came in the league, when you came in the league. I mean, the off season was a big deal. We were at the facility for months doing more. I mean, and studying the playbook and all this stuff, and then training camp. 
my rookie year, we had 30 padded practices before we started the regular season. 30. Now, these guys, I, Tucker just filled me in, our producer. I didn't realize this with the new CBA. They have they have three padded practices in a row. They have to have three days in spiders in a row yeah. in, without the pads on. That's like, that. I couldn't have made the team. I never would have made the team. I never would have made the team. So when you see these guys succeeding, it's really impressive. Especially when you see rookies succeeding against veterans, it is really it is even that much more impressive. Given that th this is like the third or fourth time he's gone live against these guys. Yeah, I, I mean this is really incredible. It, it, it is really incredible um, because you can't fully do your job. I mean, it's even more difficult in the trenches, offensive right. and defensive line, because the only way that you do your job at our positions or, or get better is going full speed right? and you can't do that without the risk of injury with no pads on. So I'm all with player safety, but I think um, to a certain extent we're doing the league and, and the players a disservice right. um, by kind of tapering down on camp so much. I think that's a part of the process. I do think when we get into the season, there's things that there's some coaches that go overboard. Um, Andy Lee's not one of those guys. So right. I guess you got to have those rules in place. Um, but during training camp, we need to kind of figure this out. So, Offensive line play and defensive line play. That's why we see early in the year offensive lines across the league, they struggle. Right. It's not that O-line play has necessarily gotten worse than it has in a sense. It's just guys aren't prepared like they were back in the day. Exactly. Um, because they aren't getting those reps. My rookie year, and I think I've talked about this before, a, 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 a given training camp day, this was from day one to day 30, was I had nine on seven in team run in the first practice of the day. Then after practice, the rookies would stay after and do another nine on seven period. Mm -hmm. Then practice two, which was also in pads, nine on seven team run. And then the rookies would stay after and do another nine. So in one day, now, I, and I made my living stopping the run. In one training camp practice, I did six run drills, hey. live run drills. For 30 practices. And that's why the CBA negotiated exactly, right exactly. now. Well, I right, think that was right. a little overboard. Exactly. I think there needs to be more of a middle ground. I think we went too far the other way. Right, exactly. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, but but just from a learning perspective, you, you, yeah. you're gonna, you can figure out how to build a rocket ship if you're going to yeah. do it all day. I mean, eventually you figure everything out. You definitely um, So, okay. So, sorry, I cut you off. But I, think it's, I think it's important to preface this whole conversation with, these guys are doing a really – these rookies do an incredible job uh, with very limited reps. Okay, so you talk about McDuffie. You talk about Parlopkis. Tell me about sort of uh, the canard, the offensive line, what you see from those rookies. And just – I'm sorry, just continue to go on the, the, what you're talking about. We'll, we'll talk about the offensive side a little bit. I got two guys I want to talk about. Obviously, I'll okay. talk about Kennard being an offensive line guy and, and seeing yeah. the potential that he has. I think he has the potential to be a good player. I haven't seen or heard too much. He's kind of flown under the radar as a um, as a rookie. Um, but I think they have kind of got him in that role as the swing guy. So right. um, this first preseason game, we'll talk about it later, is going to be really critical for him. He's going to play a ton of positions. They're going to mix him around. He's going to get a lot of reps. Um, right. So I'm excited to see him with some live action because um, in practice, we haven't seen too much yet. Not a negative thing, but we just haven't seen much. Um, right. The star of the camp has been Isaiah. Pistachio. That's what yes. Travis calls it. Pistachio. We're, <laughs> we're sticking with it. That's what we're Travis Kelsey calls it. But we're sticking with Pistachio all year. Yeah, so we're gonna call we're gonna call him Pistachio. But this guy's been a baller and the value mm -hmm. of it is 
Veach got this guy in the seventh round. Yeah. And we all know Andy Reid loves a versatile guy in the backfield. And he's been showing some hands out the backfield. He's been making some contested catches. He's been running some good routes. He's been getting open. And in between the tackles, he's been finding those gaps and creases. And when he hits the open field, he accelerates. He's right. clearly the fastest back in his roster. So I'm excited to see him in some preseason action and excited to see him actually in live padded practices where he can break some tackles and make some big plays. And Jeff, talk to me about how difficult it is to learn the running back position in Andy Reid's office. And this is an honest question. I don't yeah. know. But like, what is, what is that like? Because I just remember, and I've talked about this again a million times on the show, how nine on seven was not your typical, okay, power in a yeah, outside zone. I mean, the, what you guys run is very unique and novel and complex, and everybody has yeah. their own sort of place. So how is that transition for a young running back like that, learning that playbook? Well, contrary to most beliefs, Andy Reid has an extensive run game. Yeah, I, mean, I know we may not see it a lot, <laughs> but there's a lot of different variations of runs. There's a lot of different packages. There's a lot of different things that he adds to the running back. And there's a lot of things that, I mean, we saw with Jamal. Jamal did a ton of things. Um, yeah. I don't think since then we've had a guy where he could kind of open the playbook up like that and, and give the running back the responsibility. But mm -hmm. I, I think, I don't know, maybe they see that in this kid and, and they're going to give him some responsibility like that. But I'm really excited just to see him in the open field. And, mm -hmm. and everyone knows Andy Reid is the king of getting guys in space. And right. if you're a playmaker, he's going to figure a way to get you the ball. So it's unbelievable. I'm, so I'm excited to see, see what he does for him. And, um, yeah, and one of my favorite guy in the draft and whole was Sky Moore. And he yeah. looks like that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah's the star right now at camp, but I think Sky's going to be the best of the class when it's right. all said and done. So I'm excited to see what they do with him. You see he's getting touches in the backfield. Um, you see him. He's a technician. He's running routes, getting open, and he's just killing people. So I'm excited to see him in live action, too. When I watch him on the clips on Twitter, um, I didn't. I forgot he was a rookie. I'm like, yeah. oh, that, they got, where'd they get that vet from? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, wow, this is a young, this is a young guy. That's how polished he is. You kind of forget that he's a part of that rookie class. Um, right. But this guy, I think he's probably going to be, I think Gigi, we'll talk about the receivers. I think Gigi is clearly going to be the number one. Um, yeah. It looks like Patrick has a lot of trust in him. Uh, yeah. He's throwing it to him in, in, in contested areas. He's making unbelievable catches. So catches. I think. I think that's outside of Travis Kelsey. That might be his number two target. Right. Um, and then after that, it, it's up in the air. I mean, it could be any of these guys. It could be right. MVS. It could be Sky Moore. It could be Nicole Hardman. I mean, this group is this deepest group. I'm sorry, my tank twister. No. Um, this group is deep. So um, yeah, talk to me about that, Jeff, because you you had sent out a tweet, and I was even I was blown away, right? Because we yeah. talked about we talked about how we lost Tyreek Hill and, and the role that he played. And you sent out a tweet last week that said you think this is the best receiver yeah. Casey's had. I mean, yeah, I'll be I mean, the first, you mentioned all the names. I mean, I'll be the first person to tell you when we let Tyreek go, I understood from a, a financial and, and just a team right. building standpoint why we did it and it made sense from that standpoint. But I'd be a liar to say I wasn't panicked a little bit. Yeah. I was too. panicked. I was like, okay, this guy because there's a lot of things that he did for the offense. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's a, a Hall of Famer, Famer yeah. just from, from the production standpoint. But the things he did off the ball, um, just opening up the middle of the field for Travis Kelsey, making teams play too high, making the running game more efficient. He did a lot for that offense. So I was like, right. man, not only the production's gone, but just the, the threat of him is gone. 
But to see what Veach has done in the offseason and just it seems like these guys just complement each other so well. Right. We got a lot of big bodies, but we also got some guys that can do different things and pose different threats um, yeah. for the defense. Um, MVS is a speed guy. You know McCole can take the top off too. But not only that, you have a possession guy that can get across the middle like a Travis Kelsey and then Juju Schusmeister, Schusmeister, whatever you say. Right. Um, yeah, right. But he, um, they can break tackles, man. Right. They can make plays after the, the catch. They're physical. And it looks like these guys can run blocks. So I'm excited. You know what I love about this group, too, and you can see it from all the personalities and the interviews and, and knowing these guys from different teams. Um, if they fit, so you have all this production. And I've been on teams before Kansas City that had a lot of production, a lot of talent. Um, but they fit the Kansas City mold. Yeah. They have that attitude that's selfless. Like, there's not going to be this sort of, to use a really extreme example, Antonio Brown type. Uh, there's not going to be bickering for who's one or who's two or did I get the ball or do you get the ball or this, that, and the other. Like, <clears throat> these guys are selfless guys. I mean, you see it with Kels all the way down, who are going to go out and play within the system and and do what they can, to really do what they can to help the I team win. I mean, you saw it. I mean, I hate to cut you off, but you saw it in the presser this past week with Josh Gordon. We didn't talk about him being a part yeah. of the And I'm rooting, I'm rooting for that guy 100%. I think Josh is a hell of a football player, and I hope that he gets the opportunities and he makes the most of them. But in his presser, he, he was super humble, and he said, I just, I'm happy to be here, and I hope that I make the team. Can you complete humbleness and, and just – it just exuded the, the attitude of the team. Right. These guys, these guys are team guys and they want, even if it comes with them not being on the team, they they want the best result for the team. Right. They're going to compete their asses off and let the chips fall in there. And you know what, Jeff, to your credit, when I came in in 2013, you know, Andy Reid has done a great job making sure it had stayed that way. And obviously implementing his system is, is important in his philosophies. But when I got there in 2013, the crew that was still there from 2012, had that same mentality, right? I've yep. talked about how these guys are perennial pro bowlers and they work and act and carry themselves like undrafted free agents. And man, when you have that mix of talent and selflessness and bought into the system, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, that, it's like, yeah, one, of the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time, right. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. There's a recipe for a championship team every year. And I think um, obviously everything's easier when you're winning. Right. Um, but when you have great leadership, you have a guy like Andy Reid at the helm, a guy that's done it, um, that you can trust, that makes it so much easier. Right. Um, and obviously, you see over the years, guys get paid. You want to win, yeah. guy, guys want to get paid. So when you got a leader like Andy Reid saying, hey, I understand like you want to get this money, but the best way to get this money is if you're a team player because team success ultimately results in everyone's success. Right. Guys buy into that. Right. And Andy Reid and Rex Ryan both had this philosophy that uh, that is unique in the sense that they will design offenses and defenses to highlight a guy's talents. Yeah. I mean, I saw this all the time. You see this all the time with Andy Reid's offenses. I mean, you have these guys that, you know, might not make it in other spots, but he, he hones in on what they're good at. And then he builds a play or two plays or a series of plays that – takes advantage of their skill set. And, 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 yeah. I, and I just thought of this now, but Rex Ryan used to do the same. I mean, he would have defenses that were named after certain players, right? It'd be the DeVito, whatever, my, 
my defense was the one where I pretended to take a dive so that we could get a quick timeout and uh, sub our guys. Did I tell you this story before? Yeah, you told uh, me. Oh, yeah. So that was my, so that's talks about my skill level is I was the guy that could take off the field. Uh, but he would, he would do it. I mean, that's what he would do. And, and Andy Reid does the same thing. And so you talk about these guys, you want to get paid? Like, Andy Reid's the guy to that's, be with. That's the Stay guy to be with. If you're a young guy or if you're a guy looking for a new contract and you have some type of level of skill, he's going to find a role for you and right. he's going to make sure you're doing that the best of your ability and it's going to help you in the long run. But let's transition to, we talked about the rookies a little bit. Let's talk about what do you see from this defense? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, you know, defense ha- always has the advantage right away. Yeah. Um, they always have it because it's just defense is especially the, the, the first couple calls that get installed during the uh, during the uh, training camp are all usually easy calls. Line up, get after it. A couple different variations, but it, you know, it's not super complex. And playing defense is really just an attitude. I mean, it really is uh, most of all an attitude. And so we have, you know, you just put your hand down and go. I mean, just go 100 miles an hour. Rex Ryan always said, if you're going to make a mistake, make it 100 miles an hour on the other side of the football. Yeah. Um, and it's so true. So I, I, don't, I don't take a lot of stock in, not, not that it's not a good thing, but the, the speed, the, 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 the way the defense is playing, I'm, I'm caring more about that kind of stuff, communication, playing fast, having fun. Are they enjoying that? You know, are they coming together as a group and cohering as a group? Are they having fun on the field? Because I, I sort of expect. I mean, I can't think of a training camp that we didn't come out and at least have the upper hand for the first week. Oh, it's I mean, always, like, it's always, it's like always that. like that. So I, yeah. so I'm not surprised by that. I'm looking at more of the intangible things, and uh, I mean, here's one thing I love. You know, one thing I've seen consistently on Twitter. Every day, regardless of what's going on, Karlofkis, uh, Clark, Dunlap, after practice, yes. working. You know, when I was there, it was really, I mean, it was Justin and Tombo would, would stay after and do stuff. And, you know, maybe, but it was really them. Uh, I see four, five, six different guys out there after these practices. These practices are hard. I mean, if you watch the, the mic'd up with Travis Kelsey, they went through, I think, an 18 play drive. He's talking about. Fight. He's like, keep, keep fighting. I know it's an often, but keep digging. We got to get it. through it. Yeah. I, I had some anxiety listening to that. Oh, no. I, I felt the same thing. But here's the deal. Um, 
when I would get done with that 18 play long drive period, I was running to the locker room after these guys every single day. And, and it's not like a walkthrough on the bag, 100 miles an hour. It's basically another individual drill. For these guys. That's the kind of stuff I like, right? That's the kind of stuff I like to see. That's the kind of stuff that is always separated Kansas City Chiefs defenses from other defenses is willing to put in the extra work, regardless of, you know, you got Super Bowl champions, Pro Bowlers, all every reason to leave the field early. And these guys are out there working. So what I'm looking for in the preseason game, because you're only going to have a series with the ones and stuff like that. Again, are they laughing on the sideline? That is that's you, that is my number one telltale sign. If you're laughing on the sideline, you're um, I don't have to even watch. I can turn the game off at that. You're having fun because I know you're kicking ass at that. Defense laughing and having fun, game over. Um, are they laughing? Are they having fun? And are they communicating? Right, communication is key, especially playing at Arrowhead for half the year. It's loud as hell. You can't hear it. You have to get used to communicating. Um, I'm not as familiar with Spags' defense, but with uh, Rich Ryan's defense that we had brought in with Bob Sutton, there's a ton of communication, a ton. I mean, as a defensive lineman, I had to I had to set the front. I had to switch us if guys motioned, right? And you have that going on at every level. Uh, yeah. And then there's communication between levels. So that's that's really what I'm looking for on defense is getting out there, getting lined up, having fun, and communicating. And talk uh, about communication. I think that's the number one. And that's going to start uh, with, with Nick Bolton at, at, at the middle linebacker. Right, position. right. And I think he's going to do a hell of a job this year. But we talk about the tradition of safety with the Chiefs. Yeah, this so, is huge. Yeah. Eric, we, had, we had Eric Berry. I, mean, I played with the Honey Badger. Right. Um, and, and now there's Justin Reed. And he seems like the same type of mold. What do you think you're going to see out of him? He has to be. I mean, again, that, that position with – Barry and the Honey Badger. So that spans what a decade? Yes, yeah, over, over, over a decade. Yeah, that's over a decade. Over a decade. I can't tell you how many times in my three years with Eric Barry, his leadership was pivotal. I mean, uh, uh, momentum changing for us. And I know the Honey Badger brought the same kind of juice. Wow. So, like, you, you you talk about the play. I mean, those guys were Pro Bowl players, and, and Honey Badger still is a Pro Bowl player. Um, but the, that leadership, that, that has become the de facto leadership spot for Kansas City. Yeah. And so Reed, ha like, he's got big shoes to fill. Obviously, play-wise, we know he can do it. Yeah. Um, but, like, it can't be, like, it can't be, like, good at leadership. You, you like, have to excel. I mean, people are looking at the, the, the guys left over, both on offense and defense from last year, are looking at that position for leadership. You have to be the alpha of the alphas. Right, right. And that is hard to do. Um, and I don't know Justin Reed, but I, I got an opportunity to play with Eric Berry and I got an opportunity to play with Honey Badger. Right. And those guys, no matter who it was, it could be a 10-time pro bowler, it could be a first-year guy. Right. Everyone paid those guys the same respect and the same mm -hmm. attention because of not only what they did on the field, but the presence they brought in the locker room. Exactly. The, the, this is why I have so much respect well one of the reasons why i have so much respect for beach and for andy reed we talk about bringing guys in that fit the mold fit the philosophy they also make sure to not overlook those intangible aspects yeah like the, like they knew that the safety that we bring in not only has to be an excel you know an exceptional player but he's got to be a leader 
He yeah. has to be because that that's what the guys are looking for. And when you look at defense, you know Nick Bolton's gonna gonna step up into that role too. Uh, but he's still young. Yeah. Uh, you got Chris Jones up front. I love Chris. He's a dominant player, also a leader. But I don't see Chris as the sort of the Eric Berry type leadership, right? No, nope. there's just this is no, natural. It's a natural you gravitate toward them, exactly. those type of guys. And not only do they um, they walk the walk, they talk the talk. Exactly. Those pregame speeches that Ed Curry had, same with Honey Badger, the things they would say to trigger you, to make you want to run through a wall. I mean, yeah. I wish I had that, man. These guys could be presidents of the United States. Yeah. Like, these guys are just natural-born leaders. Jeff, I, no joke. When I work out with my kids, I'm doing the killer. He's like, I'm yelling outside. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm telling these like because uh, th- I mean, did, did Honey Badger keep that going? Did you guys keep Not, that going? He had his own deal going, man. Yeah, so, this okay. guy, and he had some type of motivational speech each game, and, mm. and he knew exactly who to speak to and how to say it and when to say it. And it's just, right. a, it's just one of those gifts that you have, and obviously. He would have to speak for himself on how he did it, but I, w- I would guess he's just very observant. Like you yeah. have to be able to see every single individual for what they are, right? You know, feel the pulse, what they can do, how they can do it. Like you right. have to know every single guy and what moves them. And I don't have that, but no. they ob- they obviously do. So that that is awesome leadership. I work every day to try to be a leader like that. Right. But um, I feel like you're born like that. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's right. It's one of those things. You're right. It's one of those things you can cultivate it to an extent. Right. So you and I, I remember the years we were there, we were sort of the leaders of our position. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are times you have to step up and say stuff. There's not, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, you just you have to do that. But I couldn't if the like, guys would know if I tried to act like Eric Berry, that it wasn't legitimate. It, was that it wasn't you. genuine. It wasn't me. You have to be who you are. Um, but wow. I mean, I can just. The, the ability of Eric Berry to change the tone of the locker room, and you hit on it too, to be able to feel the pulse of the team and know exactly when he needed to do it, yeah. right? Exactly when he needed to say something. Uh, because just, just like the season is up and down, just like the game is up and down, there's always those points where you need that leader, you need that guy to step up and to, to get guys heads up and in the right direction. And, uh, and yeah, so... We need that out of Raheem, man. That's going to be me. You can have all the talent in the world. That we, I've seen teams, pro bowlers, front to back, that don't make the playoffs because they don't have that leadership. You need that. You need that leadership, and it's exactly. It has nothing. I mean, the coaches are important. They teach you. Exactly. The best teams that I've been on, the best teams you've been on, the leadership starts within. Um, Accountability is across the board, but specifically in that locker room amongst the players. And we got to have those go-to guys. And exactly. Somebody has to step up and be that guy. Exactly. And, and you just can't step up and fake it. You actually have to be that guy. So exactly. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to look for you. I mean, he uh, he obviously has the play. Now let's, let's see what he's got for leadership and everything, you know, pointing in the right direction. That brings us to we're coming up on the first preseason game. So we're heading out to Chicago, first preseason game. Let's get into this a little bit, what this is like. Uh, from a veteran perspective, from a rookie perspective. I mean, I, I thinking back on this, I had some memories. But talk to me, Jeff. First of all, before we get into our experiences, I'm curious about how Andy Heck and Andy Reid handle this from an offensive line perspective. Yeah. Because 
you guys, you know, ESPN comes out, rakes the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line as the best in the league, and that that is so true. But yeah. I also heard people talking about the versatility of everybody on that line. So talk to me about how they approach these preseason games uh, from an O-line perspective. Well, these preseason games are important. One is it's they're coming together as a unit, and they're figuring out who those best five guys are. Right. I think it's kind of solidified already. We know. Right. I think Andrew Wiley is going to be at right tackle. I think right. Orlando Brown obviously is going to be the left tackle. Joe right. Tony, you know, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. Those are the five guys, in my opinion. I don't think there's a competition, but we all we all compete every season. Yeah, right, those, right, right. Those are the five guys, and that's who's going to be you know going to the regular season. Um, but, but it's important to figure out. Not just who those five guys are, who are going to be those versatile guys? Who's going to right. be that swing guy? Um, right. So it's going to be important to see who has position, positional flexibility. Who's yeah. going to be that guy that can not only play tackle, but can play guard and potentially center. Fortunately, right. that's why I lasted so long because I could play every single position. Right. I, I, I was a starter, but I also had the ability to, in a pinch, play left or right tackle. I could play right. center. Um, and they're going to be looking for guys like that because when you get to the regular season, you dress, what is it, 40? Well, I don't know what it is. Now they changed it. But I know when we played, what was it, 40, 48 guys? Not, I think it was 42 or 43. It wasn't something it was, like that. Something yeah, like, it, it, was, wasn't, it wasn't many guys. But yeah. I know you got 53 guys on the roster. You only dress so many during the games. At most, you wanted to dress eight offensive linemen. I was going to say, how many did they at, dress? At, at most, you want to dress eight. And yeah. we usually dress seven. Yeah. That means you got the five starters, and then those two guys that you dressed that aren't starters have to be able to play multiple positions. Mm. So they're going to be looking for those guys during these preseason games. Is um, Kennard one of those guys? I think Kennard's one of those guys. I think he could play either tackle or guard. And then you have like a guy like Nick Allegretti who could play either center or, or guard. Right. And then you have a guy like um, like Andrew Wiley. He's going to be starting right tackle. But I think Andrew can play pretty much every position. Oh, uh, that's interesting. I think he, he can replace center in a pinch. So they're looking for guys that can play multiple positions, and they're going to find those guys during these games. So you're going to see guys going all over the place. Kennard's going to play right tackle, left tackle, left guard, right guard. Right. Um, Allegretti's going to be all over the place. You're going to see Austin Ryder. You know, he's going to be a center, but he's going to be playing multiple positions. How many reps will those guys get? The first game, they're going to play most of the game. Um, most of the game, yeah. The starter's going to play one series. Play one series, yeah. And then those final three quarters is going to be mostly – the twos, so you're going to yeah. see like Allegretti, you're going to see Kennard, you're going to mm -hmm. see um, um, as Prince back, I don't know if he's back yet, but you're going to see a bunch of guys um, that are backup type guys competing to see who's going to be those six, right. seven, eight guys um, that are going to be dressing during, during the season. And it's important to remember that when we're evaluating them, because I know we could jump on the offensive line quick, and, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, to evaluate the, the fact that you're bringing up that they're not plugging these guys in maybe always at their position. No. They're moving them around just to get them used to playing. And and people don't always realize this, but moving from left tackle to right tackle is a massive difference. Listen, right? I, I equate it to and, and Josh, remember Josh said from the Packers? Yeah. Oh, this is this, this is one of his quotes. Um because I was a guy that moved around, but people didn't realize how fucking hard that was. Yeah. He once said, Try wiping your ass with your left hand and let me know how that feels. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's very awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, right, that's right. what it feels like switching sides or switching a position. It's right. something that's not comfortable. It's just like riding with your right versus your left. You have a dominant side in football. Right. Um, and I, I think people kind of like 
take that for granted and guys switch sides, that's really hard to do. Right? And yeah. Especially going from like tackle to guard, like in between series, in between games, like it's an adjustment. So have some grace and understand that these guys are figuring things out and they aren't necessarily in their, you know, dedicated positions. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's, that's a great point. I was thinking about this game uh, from a rookie's perspective. I remember my first year with the Jets and back then there was four preseason games. So the first game, I, I don't even know if I got in. I mean, it really was the ones got the first series and then the twos and threes played the rest of the game. I mean, this was really yeah. the bulk of it for them. I don't think I even played in the first game. I don't think it was still the second one that I played in. Um, I remember from a training camp standpoint, it was nice to get a break, right? Because you you get into a sort of the, the, the day before the game. You So two days before the game, you're still doing regular training camp stuff, pull pads or whatever it is. The yeah. day before the game, now you're doing a sort of dress. You're starting your dress rehearsals for these games, right? So you're getting up, you're doing film. Then you're doing a walkthrough, and then you're going to Chicago. So you're getting on the plane. You're going. You're in the hotel. So this was a nice. This was a nice break. And if I remember, with Andy Reid, did he used to give us a day off before the walkthrough day? Yeah, it was. It was like a mini, like a a ten, ten, ten. It was a very short. Oh, it was a short. Day. Okay, so he um, gave us two days. Yeah, yeah. So you were really. It was a. It was a good time to get your legs back under you. Get your legs back. Starter. Um, so. I appreciated those first couple of preseason games. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, it was it was finally the taste of the regular season. Right now, things are starting to get real. I see the light. You yes. See the light. Yes, <laughs> yes. See the light. See the name on the back of your jersey. Right? You're putting their game jerseys on. Um, one thing as a veteran that I didn't like was, you'll, you know, you talk about you only have seven, eight, nine plays maybe at the most. Um, that's nice from, you know, a rest and body perspective. But I can remember some preseason games where I had a bad play in the first series, and then you have to leave. Exactly. So you can't, like, redeem yourself. That sucks. I, oh, it was awful. I remember there was one game. I can't. I was in Kansas City. It was against the Titans in the preseason. And uh, I had just – I was playing the scoop block, and I just played it too soft, and I had gotten driven off the ball a little bit. And I had tripped on DJ's foot. And after I tripped, the tackle like buried me, and he was celebrating, and I was like, "Oh, I would have done any." I was so mad, like I wanted to get back out and kill him. And now I had to just eat it, and that was it. Game done. Now I'm off on the sidelines, and I just had that terrible taste in my mouth. Um, so I think it is important, even though you're getting, you know, only a minimal amount of reps for these, you know, just from a mental standpoint for these veterans to get out there and play well. You know, play well for those. You want to go out there 100 miles an hour. I mean, yeah. you don't want to, as much as it is just sort of a preseason, let's get it going, let's get it started. Uh, you don't want to put bad tape out there. you got to watch the film now. So you, you do poorly, you got to go in and watch it in front of everybody. It's like you, you still want to treat it like a game and get after it. And uh, I can remember having some, you know, some rough, uh, some rough film studies and, and some long games because I didn't, <laughs> uh, you know, didn't put in the effort that I should have. Listen, man, it's it's tough to do because you know there's at most going to be ten plays for you that first series, right? Um, I mean, I actually I had an eighteen play drive, um, the first preseason game. I remember I don't remember what year, but we I just remember being dog shit tired, and I'm like, okay, uh, we got to <laughs> we got to oh, get some, we got to get some more conditioning in because um, there's a difference between 
um, game speed and practice speed. You go fast in a game. I mean, in practice, but a game is just different, man. I think it's something with the, the adrenaline, yeah. um, your your anxiety, all that makes your heart rate go up a lot more than than something familiar like practice. Right. And, and you just get more tired for some reason. I uh, I don't ever remember. I mean, even like the third preseason game, we'll get into us. That's the longest one, but that was only two quarters. I mean, I, I can't ever remember being tired in the preseason game. Thank goodness. I, nah, I we, it was, we were playing, we were playing, um, I think it was Arizona. We had it. No, it was, no, I wasn't even with the Chiefs. I was with, I was with the Houston Texans. We played the Carolina Panthers and preseason game number one, we had 18 plays. Oh, because the drive. So it was the first series in the drive. The first series was 18 plays. The oh. first drive. I was like, this is, oh my God. Yeah, they're not going to sub it. I got you. So they're not <laughs> yeah. going to sub everybody out. No, no, no. It was, no. it was 18 plays. We scored a touchdown, but it was an 18 play drive. Ooh, first drive of the season. Oh. That, that, that was, and this was in a different training camp. So we weren't doing long drive period in Houston. Right. This right. was just a traditional, I, I guess, traditional training camp where, um, you know, you had at most 10 plays in the period. Uh, and so the first game, that. you have 18 plays. The Andy Reid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That would have been killer. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, so we're going to see a lot of these young guys, a lot of them playing in different positions. I'm curious to see the special teams guys. That's something we don't get a ton of look at, especially if you're looking at, you know, the film that comes out on Twitter and different things and what's being discussed. You don't get a ton of look at special teams, and special teams doesn't really go live or – go that hard in training camp practice. So yeah. get to see those guys. That's obviously been a huge part of Kansas blocking. You'll be able to see blocking. You'll be able to see um, pursuit angles and tackling. Right. Can these right. guys actually tackle on the defensive side of the ball? And right. can some of these playmakers that we've seen make plays in training camp when the whistle gets blown dead? Exactly. That ain't, that ain't happening in the game. Can this guy break a tackle or on the other side, can he make the tackle? So And it's a big difference. It's yeah. a big difference. And that's why I always appreciated Andy Reid going live at times because uh, just thudding guys up and tapping guys up, it's a big difference when you've got to get low and bring a guy to the ground. And if you don't work that, you know, you're getting your first taste of that in the preseason game. And that can be a hard adjustment, especially for the young guys. So uh, hats off to Andy Reid again for, for uh, what he does there, you know, getting us ready for the live situations. There's, there's a method to the madness. That's right. All right, brother. That was a long one. Chiefs Kingdom, thank you for joining in. We got we still have so much. I only got halfway through the list. We'll get back to it next week. Let's have a good showing out in Chicago. We'll get back to it next week, discussing this training camp in this 2022 team. Thank you, Chiefs Kingdom. When y'all view Jeff, thank you, brother. Great to see you. Thank you, Mike. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. How are you doing? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.